All right. So tonight I wanted to talk about doing it. <laughs> Wait, what does the sign say? Don't hide signs from us. Oh, I thought it might say help. That's so boring. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it says hi. That's too cute. Uh, so tonight I'm going to talk about doing an einkorn baking class, why you should do one. Oh, did I bring my phone in here? Of course I didn't bring my phone in here. Hold on. Let me go get my phone. Sorry. Okay. I'm just, I put my notes in the phone because then I don't have to, uh, zoom freaks out if I try to leave the screen while I'm recording. Um, okay. So <laughs> during an iron corn class, why you should do an iron corn class, um, how to do an iron corn class, how much it will cost. Um, and where I get my iron corn recipes from. Okay, so we committed to switching over to being a completely iron corn house, uh, no white flour. We did find a bag of flour when I cleaned out the pantry, so we already used that up and made zucchini bread for a bunch of people. <laughs> so we're just iron corn, so that's all I've been baking with. Um, and I've learned that you can bake pretty much anything with einkorn. And honestly, truth to be told, to tell you the truth, truth be told, there we go. Truth be told, I just take any recipe that I want that you, don't shake your head at me, son, that uses flour and I use einkorn instead. And then if it seems like it's too wet, I add more flour. If it seems like it's too dry, I add more liquid. That I, I'm not a measurer really when I cook too much. Um, so for me, that is okay. But not everybody really wants to do that. Fortunately, there's a lot of people out there who do measure and they actually write down what they measure, which is so helpful for everybody else. And I love their recipes. So um, how to teach an einkorn baking class. Let me first talk about why to teach an einkorn baking class. Why? <laughs> this is so awesome. Why to teach an einkorn baking class. Um, Young, Loving, Young Living has the best einkorn ever. Gary and I actually started using einkorn before we were introduced to Young Living. We are getting it from Italy. It was prohibitively, it was beyond expensive. Um, we gave it up just because it wasn't something that we could practically <laughs> buy, right? It wasn't something we could practically work into our life and it didn't know anything about it or how to use it. And so just kind of gave up. So people coming into Young Living now, Einkorn is actually starting to become a buzzword. <laughs> just notice whatever Young Living is doing becomes a buzzword <laughs> as people copy. But einkorn is becoming more known. It is the ancient grain. It is the most, the oldest known form of wheat. When you read in the Bible where Jesus says, you know, Jesus and his disciples are in a wheat field eating wheat on the Sabbath and the Pharisees are having a heart attack about it. That was einkorn. 
Um, if you've seen Utsi the Iceman, remember there was a couple hiking in the mountains and they found this frozen figure. They called the police because they're like, ah, somebody's been killed and murdered. Turns out that it's the oldest body, the oldest mummified body that we've ever found. <laughs> you know, I just so fascinated by a story. There's an arrow wound in his back and all these things. So people like, was he like running? Were people pursuing him? Was he part of a hunting party? Of course, they analyzed his stomach and they found, you know, what plants were in there and then what pollen was in the plants. And then they could find out, you know, um, where he had been and how far he had traveled. And oh, it's so fascinating. But one of the things in his belly was einkorn. <laughs> So people have been eating this for a really long time. Einkorn is, like I said, it's the oldest known form of wheat. I believe it has 12 or 14 chromosomes. I can't remember which one as compared to modern Durham wheat, which has, boy, I'm totally forgetting what I want to say, 35 or more chromosomes, none of which none of the chromosomes in modern germ wheat are recognizable to the human body because none of them are original to the wheat. Okay. So some people think that the reason why wheat sensitivities are skyrocketing is just because, um, we're having, we're more and more massively consuming wheat that has been hybridized so many times over and over. And yes, I'm also talking about organic and biodynamic and all of that wheat. Um, but it's just been hybridized so long, you know, um, have you ever seen the picture of Gary Young standing in a field of einkorn with his hand like this? Do you guys know why he's standing like that? He's showing you how tall the einkorn grows. It grows as tall as a man. And that's significant because it tells you how long it takes to grow is longer than modern durum wheat, which only grows a couple feet high, very short, maybe four feet high. And because it's faster and it's cheaper to get to the market. And sometimes you can do two um, crops in one field in a year. But our einkorn takes a long time to grow. It um, is bundled into shocks in the field and left to stand there. So if you are familiar with grains or Sally Fallon or anything like that, it's really hard to find the wheat or einkorn that has been treated like that where it sits in the field because that takes a long time. Well, thanks mom. Einkorn has 14 chromosomes and modern wheat has 42. But when it stands in the field, the enzymes actually begin to activate in the wheat. So then when you get it, it's already uh, more bioavailable for your body. So I and many other people that I know who have chronic issues with wheat are able to eat einkorn, which totally blows my mind. And for me, one of the biggest indicators is when I'm pregnant, I am beyond sensitive to eat one bite of even I remember I made banana bread because I was using up bananas and this is before I had einkorn and I thought I'll just eat one bite it's not so bad I took one bite and I was throwing up and sick for the rest the next 24 hours I'm highly sensitive to wheat during pregnancy um but <laughs> when I got einkorn when I was pregnant with Adelaide I thought okay well I'm gonna just give it a try and I really wanted to know I had like 12 huge pancakes because when you know you want to know perfectly fine. In fact, it felt fantastic. And for me, that was a huge indicator. And even um, gluten-free baking mixes, I couldn't tolerate during pregnancy. So something in the grains is incredibly hard for my body during pregnancy. But um, einkorn from Young Living is a total go. So 
why you want to teach about it is because it gets the conversation going in your team about einkorn flour. I, because we are switched over exclusively to einkorn, I have tons of times that I can, I can post, I post about using einkorn to bake usually on my Instagram, Instagram stories, but sometimes I get it into the group too, but, um, at least once a week because I'm, that's the only thing I'm using. So it gives me lots of opportunities to talk about it. Lots of recipes to try, lots of recipes to test, lots of recipes to share, lots of things to develop because it's all I'm using. It's not like this is the one time I tried using einkorn and, um, you know, here's my recipe. It's like, how do you come up with stuff to post about? Well, you use the young living stuff all day long. Right? So I use a lot of the einkorn. And so when I post that einkorn is back in stock, y'all know that I'm in there ordering like 50 freaking bags of it because we've never run out of einkorn. All right. Now einkorn has been out of stock sometimes for a pretty long time, but we've never run out. So that tells you how much I buy <laughs> and I love to bake, but, um, you want to talk about it because when you talk about it all the time, people get educated on why to switch over to einkorn or even just to use half and half einkorn and wheat and gradually make the switch over. That's how I started was just doing half and half and then gradually switching over. And then when you post that einkorn's back in stock, everybody on your team, me included, is hopping in the VO and we're ordering as many bags of einkorn as we can handle because we want it in our house and we don't want to, sorry, <laughs> I just drink this sparkling water. Um, we don't want to run out. Um, do you guys totally know what I'm saying? I know this guy does. <laughs> okay. So how to teach an encore baking class. Um, I love this because teaching, um, cooking classes is actually what I was doing before I was introduced to Young Living and a total amateur. It's not like I went, I didn't go to cooking school or anything. Um, I just love to cook, grew up cooking, enjoy cooking, still love to cook. Uh, and um, it's even more fun to cook when the kitchen's clean, but anyways, I love cooking. And then I love sharing about it. And so I started teaching cooking classes at Norfolk Botanical Gardens. I was doing a ton of classes out there. And then at, um, uh, New Earth Farm, I was doing classes out there. And then at my house, I was doing classes there, um, in some of the restaurants in Virginia beach, Rodney Einhorn's restaurant. Terrapin, I went in with the chefs in there and made sauerkraut and kimchi with them to show them how to do it. It was so much fun. Nothing cooler than working in a professional kitchen and you're just like, can this just be how my kitchen runs, please? And can I also have somebody who just cleans up behind me the whole time? Thank you, please. And a giant walk-in refrigerator. Yes, that is the dream. So it was loads and loads of fun. And that is why when I started using Young Living, I automatically started teaching classes using oils because I was already teaching classes doing everything else that I was doing. So how to teach an encore baking class. Number one, you want to find a recipe and try it out. <laughs> it's a great idea to try the recipe first. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, so I thought. Um, so it's a great idea to try the recipe first. You want to make sure that you have supplies on hand. And then... Um, when I teach a cooking class, um, I usually depends on how long it takes to make the thing, but sometimes I'll make one of them in advance and like bread, for instance, and then 
will teach like say if it's a sourdough bread which uh, the sourdough bread i make takes three days and three different stages so i have sourdough bread at each of the different stages so as soon as i finish one showing them how to mix the dough then i show them okay here's the proofed dough and then i show them okay now here's the third day of the dough and then i show them here's the finished bread after a rose you know so that they can see it um don't do something that complicated for your first class do, like i'm going chocolate chip cookies 100% total win. The gal, Heidi Ellis, did a einkorn chocolate chip demo at convention in the expo hall. And you better believe that I had my alarm set and I raced down there and I was like in the front row watching it. And yes, still like two people got in front of me and their like arms are like in front of my camera the whole time. I was like, thanks, Primo. But it is actually the entire class that she did in the expo hall is recorded and it's in infused oilers. So if you go in and search einkorn chocolate chip cookies, you can watch the entire class from convention. It's very short, like 15 minutes. And the reason is because she, um, showed us how to mix the dough and she had all her ingredients pre-measured. We've all seen Rachel Ray or whoever the, I don't know who does cooking shows these days, Julia Child, I don't know. But you know, the pre-measure everything and you're like, oh yeah, of course it only takes 10 minutes to mix the recipe when everything's already measured out, I can do that. But we all know that it's getting the stuff out of the pantry and measuring and that's the hard part. But, oh yeah, if you ever look at a recipe list, by the way, thinking about it from a a professional kitchen perspective it's not a recipe list it's a prep list like it says onions diced um carrots julienne you know it's actually your prep list not your ingredients list unless it's um like my recipes where it's like have a bunch of vegetables and then while you're cutting the carrots boil this and then while <laughs> that's different that's like actual process but the prep list you know they're like, oh, the recipe takes 10 minutes to mix up. Okay, so measure out the ingredients on your counter, mix the cookie dough with everybody, and then you can have, if it's like she did, a very fast demo, you can have already baked pan of cookies for people to see. Baking cookies does not take that long. It's about eight minutes in the oven. So if you are doing a demo with people at your house, I'm gonna say you can probably just bake the cookies with them there. And a great way to get people involved is to have people do different stages of every step. Um, Elaine Alfiero is one of my favorite people. She's the first person I ever signed up with Young Living. I met her at a cooking class at Norfolk Botanical Gardens. She's been on Essential Rewards from the very beginning. So she is like the specialist place in my heart. And she came to all my cooking classes. I was so just honored to see her. Every time I saw her face, I was so excited because it was like my person was there. So um, it's fun to have somebody come um, who can help you out, um, putting things in the sink, switching things, taking stuff back and forth, whatever. That's really helpful. When I taught cooking classes, I usually would charge like 25 or $50 for a class and they're more involved. But then I would have two scholarship slots basically is what I call them. So you got to come to the class, but you had to work the whole time and you just had two people doing that so like an assistant and a dishwasher the whole entire time and then they got to like take home what everybody made and stuff like that but the exchange was that they worked the whole time um 
but doing a cooking class, doing a cooking demo, chocolate chip cookie demo is not very hard and you could just, not very expensive because it would cost you the cost of one batch of chocolate chip cookies. So you could totally do it as a free class if you wanted to. If you want to do a class where people are going home with like a loaf of bread that they made, you have to price it out and charge people. I don't want you giving away the kitchen sink and spending a hundred dollars on a class. You know, I would, I if you spend $100 on the class, and I would expect that you are charging $25 a person, you know what I mean? So don't feel like you have to give everything away. This isn't about going broke. This is about teaching people. And people are willing to pay for um, what they're taking home. Uh, Claudia just did a soap making class the other night. And people brought their own oils. And then she provided the soap and the soap molds. And then she charged them $5 and they took home two soap bars. Nobody had a problem with that. Everybody, you know what I mean? Like people were paying for what they took home. So um, you can, so set up your ingredients, mix everything. Have an assistant if you can, not always possible, but have an assistant if you can, bake the cookies, get people as hands-on involved as possible, especially if you are charging for the class. The reason why I say that is because selling food that you made in your kitchen is not legal in most places, but if people are involved in the process, it's totally legit. That's why we would do huge, like five or six course dinners where people were kind of involved in the process just so that we could charge them to come and not have like all the licensing <laughs> stuff. So, um, get people involved as much as possible. Um, if anything, you shouldn't have to do anything other than demo the little techniques and then be more prepared than I am and have a little sheet or whatever your favorite reminder thing is to talk about einkorn so that you can remember it's 14 chromosomes, not like Andrea. So you can remember that it's 42 chromosomes in the wheat so that you can give them these facts because people want to know. A lot of people say, Ooh, einkorn cool. And then I tell them why we use it. And they're like, how do I buy it? Like sign me up, like where, you know, because now they understand why they, why would I use any random thing other than flour that, you know, me and my grandma and everybody that I know has used forever. Um, well, <laughs> because what my great grandma used was completely different and what my great, 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 great grandma used was also completely different. So, um, now I can explain to people why. Okay. So the cost and the tickets, um, figure out how much all your ingredients are. That's like your, that's what you're spending on your class is how much your ingredients are. Or if you buy little bags or make little bags or whatever to send people home with stuff, um, you know, you got to factor in the cost of the supplies too. If you're printing recipes, you got to factor in those supplies. So factor in everything you're spending and then decide if you want to make anything more on top of that, or if this is purely just like make back what I spent on it type, not going in the red type thing. Um, and then you can um, divide it and just put the price on the event. Now I saw Avery has these really cute tickets that you can get. So it's sheets of paper with tickets where you can tear off the end, just like a real ticket. Um, you could totally make tickets. I don't know if you guys have done this before, but if you um, take a sewing machine with no thread in it and stitch down a piece of paper, it makes it perforated so you can tear it. So you could stitch down the side of a piece of paper and then, you know, or after you printed your tickets on it, stitch down the side and then use a paper cutter to cut out a bunch of tickets. So you don't 
So the pack from Avery is literally like $30. I don't know why it's so expensive, but you could make them yourself that way on cardstock. <laughs> Whatever's easier. Sometimes spending the money is cheaper, honestly. It depends on your time. But um, then you can have little tickets, and this could be something you give to people at classes and be like, hey, I have an iron class in October, one November, and December. We're doing chocolate chip cookies in October for you know spooky halloween cookies or whatever we're doing um cozy rustic loaves to go with your um um you know root vegetable soups in november and then we're doing sticky buns and monkey bread for christmas morning in december like you could totally say those are the classes you're doing and be like this ticket um the classes are 15 dollars each but this ticket gives you free to any one of those three classes you just have to let me know which one you're coming to so i have supplies for you and then people are like seeing the value that you're giving to them and they have an actual ticket in their hand like entitles the bear to one einkron class either october 4th november 10th or december 3rd or whatever the dates you put out there if you guys can see i'm telling you exactly what i'm planning to do um and then they know what they can you know they can use the ticket for that so then it's a little bit more fun value okay so where to get your einkron recipes from number one Google. <laughs> Perks of Google, it's totally free. <laughs> um, Google has tons of einkorn recipes. Bear in mind, or should I say DuckDuckGo, which is what I use now. <laughs> um, okay, so DuckDuckGo, Google being whatever you're searching on. They have tons of einkorn recipes. Just know a lot of them use refined einkorn flour. Ask me what's the point. I don't know. So a lot of them use refined einkorn flour and our wheat or our einkorn is not refined. However, I have had a zero problem translating the recipes over. Sometimes, again, like I said in the beginning, einkorn tends to take less water or less liquid than most recipes. Like um, I made the Bob's Red Mill whole wheat rolls. I just took that recipe and exactly translated it over to einkorn. And I had to like add another like say if there's two cups of flour in the recipe i put in two cups of einkorn flour and it was so wet i had to add like another cup of flour i don't remember exactly what it was but it was a lot so just looking at your recipe um and knowing that you might need to add a little more a little less depending but einkorn our einkorn acts very similar to like fresh whole ground wheat if you've ever used that which I do still have many fond memories of and still have a five gallon bucket of wheat berries in my pantry. And I've given like three away too, geez. Okay, so Google's a great source. Um, this blog, make sure I get it right. Let's see if my camera doesn't freak out for me going away from the screen. Andrew, did you say einkorn requires less flour or less water? Um, less liquid. Thank you. Okay, this website, um, amodernhomestead.com, definitely jot that down. I love her website. It's a really cute blog. She uses all einkorn for pretty much anything, and she uses everything grass-fed and organic, and she has also like an e-booklet and all this planning stuff you can do where she feeds her family of three or four. I forget how big they are, like three or four, including the kids, maybe four. Um, she has gotten their budget as low as $225 a month or something, completely organic, grass fed, everything. And so she has great strategies and tips that have actually really helped me. Um, and if I was doing it more seriously, I bet you I'd save me more money. <laughs> but, um, 
gives me more money for my sensory awards. <laughs> but she has a lot of einkorn recipes that I've used. Her einkorn chocolate chip cookies are the bomb. Um, her 1930s chocolate cake is really good. Now she does use sugar. So um, Google a modern homestead and then um, Heidi Ellis's Einkorn book. There's no refined sugar in here whatsoever. Well, coconut sugar is refined, but, um, coconut sugars and honey <laughs> and maple syrup are the only sweeteners that she used. Um, and this book comes from Discover LSP. I highly recommend getting your hands on this one because, um, probably it's my favorite because she uses exclusively Young Living stuff. And so it's not like I even have to be like, oh, is this too wet? Is this too dry? No, like the recipe works. <laughs> and she has everything from biscuits to pie crust to making your own powdered sugar out of coconut sugar. Um, carrot cake, my favorite ginger cookies. They're so good. Cornbread. I've made a lot of her recipes for monkey breads. Really good. Um, there's just quite a lot in here. Um, and I really, really like this book. So it's not very expensive. I don't think I want to say I paid probably 12 or $13 for it. Um, from discover LSP. Then, um, the last source is any of the Young Living cookbooks, straight from Young Living. I got these on my Essential Rewards orders, so you know you're not paying any more shipping, which is awesome. Um, I'm not sure if these are like just different editions of the same one. Honestly, you don't even know because they're just both in my cupboard and I've just used them both. But they both have um, recipes that use a lot of Young Living stuff, so everything from Ninja Bombs to um, things that use the oils. Um, to einkorn stuff like here's recipes using the einkorn pasta and there's a couple recipes for pizza dough and there's pizza dough in the einkorn book and everything like that so you can make um einkorn chocolate chip cookie dough and freeze the chocolate chip cookie balls on a pan and then put them into gallon bags and then just make like five or six at a time if you want like there's hacks that people have shared in these books and on the websites where like we want to switch over to not only using einkorn flour, but also only consuming einkorn flour. And you can't really buy anything that I know of around here other than from Young Living, anything made out of einkorn. So that means you're down to making it all from scratch, which can be um, time prohibitive. But if you can make, you know, pizza dough ahead and freeze it, or um, cookie dough balls and freeze them, you know, then you kind of have your fast food convenience foods. So those are my tips for doing an einkorn class. If you go in infused oilers and just search einkorn, I post recipes in there all the time and you'll find a ton of my favorite recipes. And then if you are in the, who is in the um, chat thread for class downloads? Sabrina's in there, Lisa, T Teresa, I don't know if you're in there, Becky, um, somebody tag Teresa or something on the post so she can see it. Um, let's see. There we go. All right, 
I just posted four recipes in a PDF in there that you can use to teach your class. You can pick one of the recipes to make, probably like the cookies are really, really easy to hand out. I put in there the ginger cookie recipe from Heidi Ellis's book because that doesn't use any refined sugar, but I also included the chocolate chip cookie recipe from Modern Homestead if you wanna just use something that just basically is a swap for einkorn from regular flour and does use regular sugar. Um, but then you guys have four recipes in there that you can print and share at the class or pick one to make or just to have them for yourself. So um, there we go. That's doing ironcorn class. And I really hope you guys do one to do it online. Um, I've done a lot of cooking classes online and I create the event. I tell them what time I'm going to be making the stuff. I make the stuff with my camera propped up live and I post recipes and pictures of the stuff in the group or in the event. That's literally it. Like it's so easy. And if you want to, you can do, I've done some classes where I do it live and in person and somebody in the audience just holds the phone up for me and records it live into the event. So then everybody gets it, you know, whether they're there in real person or in real life or not. All right. If, when you guys do your classes, I really want to see. So make sure you tag me and post all the prefix.